everyone, my name is Carrie Witcher, and you too can be a Marketplace Multiplier because Marketplace Multipliers equip all Christians to influence their workplace and integrate their faith by making disciples and unleashing the kingdom of God wherever they are. Welcome to Episode 8 of the Marketplace Multipliers Podcast, where we feature men and women who are intentional in integrating their faith and influencing for Christ at work. We believe God is at work, at work. My name is Jeff Clark, and I work as the Associate Head Basketball Coach at Indiana Wesleyan University. Today's featured MM is Pete Benson, Senior Partner and Co-Owner of Beacon Capital Management. You'll hear his journey from being a trained pastor to starting his own company, along with how he has partnered with Pastor Darren Whitehead from the beginning of the journey for Church of the City in Nashville to fulfill a vision of planning a family of churches that live in the way of Jesus for the renewal of global cities. But first... General Superintendent Wayne Schmidt will join to share how he has seen Pete's kingdom impact, both through his generosity and also in his willingness to invest his capacity into the next generation to help spark more to live in their full kingdom potential. We're joined again by Dr. Wayne Schmidt, and today we're going to hear from two people you know very well, Pete Benson and Pastor Darren Whitehead. Talk a little bit about their partnership and, and what you've seen from that over the years. Yeah, I was privileged to know Darren while he was praying about Church of the City and the opportunity in Nashville and part of the journey of the miracle of what God did in merging a historic congregation with a brand new congregation in order to like triple their impact in the city. So love him, a humble person, gifted person, stewards those gifts well, and is a hero maker. And uh, Pete Benson has been in on the ground floor of Church of the City and working with Pastor Darren from the beginning. I got to know Pete because he's a marketplace person with a ministry background. So he's an ordained minister, but feels called to marketplace, and that led him to found and lead Beacon Capital, a, a large um a financial planning firm there in the Nashville area. It's really fun later in this interview to hear Pastor Darren talk about Pete being the first person who invested in this church and saw the vision and wanted it to come to life. And I know I've heard you talk about Pete, and he's got a vision even to pass this concept down into the next generation and to see younger people really live into their kingdom potential in the marketplace. What excites you about what he's seeing as he views this uh, movement? Yeah, you touched on a great characteristic of Pete, and that's generosity. And uh, as he was like the first in investor in Church of the City, and uh, he continues to show his generosity in many ways. But he doesn't limit his engagement to giving. I mean, he's a generous person, but he goes beyond giving. And that sure shows up in uh, his relationship with our educational institutions. He's unique in that he serves on the board of two educational institutions. One is Kingswood up in Canada, because that's where Pete and Jenny are from originally. And then Southern Wesleyan University, uh, where near where they live. And that's where the Benson School of Business is located. And what I love about it, Jeff, is... His whole idea was let's not think separately about marketplace and local church ministry. Let's connect them. So Southern Wesleyan, for instance, has identified a way to get a dual degree in any marketplace area and in ministry education. Or Pete has an emphasis within his school of 
co-vocational ministry where someone might have a marketplace role. This is critical for like church planters, etc. And so when I dig deep in why Pete does that, he repeatedly will say, if we don't reach the people in their teens and their 20s and 30s and engage them when they have their whole lives, their whole careers ahead of them, we're just missing a huge kingdom opportunity. So he lives that out every day with his involvement and with his giving. Working with college students, being at a higher ed institution, it's so powerful for me to hear that because you see what they're learning in these four years really set the trajectory for the rest of their lives. And we're going to hear Dave Drury interview him right now. First of all, Pete, could you just um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your context and your work? Yeah, I mean, I'll make the beginning short, but grew up in the East Coast on Grand Manan Island in Canada. Um, uh, the uh, My wife of 43 years now, uh, we grew up seven houses apart on that little island, have known each other since we were in the nursery at church. And so not too many people have met their spouse sooner. Um, from Grand Manan, went to Kingswood University, which at the time was Bethany Bible College. Wasn't sure what I wanted to do, but I knew I needed to be there to get grounding in my wife and I's spiritual life. And so from there, I did begin to pursue the financial arena and kind of just learned about it. Like, what ways can you participate? And so about 25 years ago, when we moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, I uh, got a job with... uh, Stepped out of full-time ministry, per se, as far as a pastor of a church weekly, and um, decided to, and so I got a job with this financial firm, worked for them for about four years, and, you know, from almost first day there, even though I still had a lot to learn, um, there was that burning inside of me that, hey, uh, you could start one of these yourself, maybe. So my wife had a really good job at AT&T. She was a director making lots of money, uh, way more than what we needed in the Benson household to uh, exist and survive. And so I came home to her one time and said, uh, how would it be if I was a kept man for a couple of years? You know, at the time I felt young and ambitious and thought I could at least give it a whirl, knowing that the chances of survival with really no seed money to start it uh, were not that great. Um, but uh, God smiled favor on us, and we began to uh, build a little company, one person at a time. I call it working out of the trunk of my car. Uh, no office, no people, no staff, no uh, no money. My wife would say no brains. But anyway, uh, had a lot of giddy up, and so uh, that was the beginning of Beacon Capital Management uh, about 20 years ago, and um, it's worked out pretty good. For you, how has your company become successful? What are the things that you've said, okay, this is stuff that maybe has given me credibility in the business world, not just uh, trying to spread the influence of Christ, but uh, mm-hmm. make people money and help people be financially secure and plan for retirement? How's that all gone? Yeah, um, you know, it doesn't really matter whether it's fishing or helping people with their finances. Um, you know, discipline, uh, hard work, you know, get up early and, and, you know, be willing to pay the price on the early side, especially in our business. What we learned is we're, we're going to live lean. 
We're going to work really hard and um, pray a lot, surround ourselves with good people, constantly pour into my development. So I started putting money that other people were, again, upgrading their cars and doing all those kind of things into personal coaches and people that could teach me parts of business, go to conferences uh, to get better. And so a lot of that on the front end, and then it's exponential. It's like a hockey stick, you know. You, you know, the blade goes ever so slowly, and then boom, all of a sudden it, it starts taking off, and you see the rewards of that. And so these are some of the things. And, you know, I have no doubt that from day one when I said I'm going to start a company, it's going to be a Christian company. And we're not going to be obnoxious. We're not going to, you know – uh, put billboards out on the highway of, you know, Beacon, the Christian company in town. But we're going to be very uh, intentional to always put God first. So how do you go about the small, simple, relational sides of really making disciples, whether it be right. drawing somebody in to fish for fishers of men, you know, in a way, mm-hmm. uh, in well, your context? And, and, and then how do you disciple them in an ongoing way? Sure. So when we hire people, we tell them in the interview, um, you know, it, it is not a requirement to have a personal relationship with Jesus to be here, although we've we've selected leaders on purpose with that. But other staff. But we've said if you're uncomfortable in a setting where this is going to kind of be front and center and you're going to hear about it and the atmosphere is going to be and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to share prayer requests and 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 that if that's not comfortable for you, this is a good time to tell us. It's quite all right, but we want you to know that we're not going to change. This is who we are. So a few examples, David, is um, uh, every Friday morning, everybody knows at 830 we gather at a certain place in the office here, all 32 of us, and we stand and we have prayer time. Sometimes other, you, you know, you're in the unique position. A lot of marketplace influencers and multipliers they sort of start with a business mindset and then over time they start to have an awakening of how to influence for God in the marketplace. Dr. Wilson, AC Wilson was very helpful. And he said, Pete, he said, uh, I just want you to know that ministry takes on many different forms. And he said, I'm behind you and I'm proud of you. And, um, you did not leave the ministry. You've just taken, you know, a, a detour to a different type of place to take your influence in ministry. And I guess hearing that from him at the time, and this was, you know, just a couple of years after we had quote left and, and started this and that kept me going. Um, but I think probably four to five years in people began to see that God's hand was on this and it was blessing and I hadn't shrunk from my faith and I was still out there, you know, social media was starting to come up and so on and, and, you know, not doing it for show, but very, um, forward in, Hey, I've taken this same relationship with Jesus to the marketplace and this is still Pete. I'm still here. I'm just in a different arena now, but. Um, I'm, you know, I'm 100% on board for the kingdom of God and so on. And I think they just probably needed a little time to see that. What advice would you give to the first kind of person 
that is in the marketplace. They don't see themselves as a minister equipper. They're just, they have a job. And whether they're high up in a business like you or like you used to be, really down on the bottom of the barrel, mm-hmm. working themselves on the, on the way up. What advice would you give them on integrating their faith and work and making disciples in the marketplace? Every person has their circle of influence, their people. If you work in a company and there's a 1,000 people, there's four to six people that you kind of resonate with, that you've kind of uh, grown close to. Uh, you know, at break time, at lunchtime, after work, just kind of communicating with you. Uh, you can't be close to all thousand, just like in a church. You have a small group or whatever. So at your work, you know, um, we all have influence and the person at the top doesn't, isn't more important than the person who isn't an equipper of other people. And again, you you know, your family is the first ones, but then a lot of times your work family are the people that you, actually spend more time with than your own family because you're there eight to nine hours a day five days a week and your kids are at school when they come home they're at events and so on and i mean we actually spend more time with people at work than we do our own loved ones and immediate family in a given week and so those are the people that you're living your life with and just being transparent being intentional praying um the way you act the way you react the way you treat other coworkers, the way you look for little opportunities to share stories intentional about, you know, the other day uh, the, the pastor spoke about such and such. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, this is something that, that we can really put to, or I'm trying to implement that in my work here. You know, it's just little things that are, are naturally part of your conversation if that's who you are, it's going to leak out and it's going to show and you don't have to try to think ahead. And, um, um, you know, not many people at work ever choose to go to church with you or change, you know, and, and become followers of Christ because you handed them, you know, four steps road, Romans road to, to heaven. You know, it's it's who you are. I think of an instance that uh, we've we've been really blessed and I've been asked to speak at, you know, a lot of financial conferences now. And so I always pray over that to see, God, where in this 45-minute talk can I be influential for you? At that event, we were really able to – all the things I'm sharing with you or many of them – we actually shared there with the 400. We're like, we're going to tell our story. We're going to tell them all the different things that we do. And it isn't just that, but there's going to be nobody leave there that doesn't understand that we have not only been what at least, you know, nationally would be considered for a, a small independent financial firm, very successful. Um, but hey, we do it and we haven't needed to squash down or compromise our faith and influence. And so um, the staff loved that, that we had an opportunity to go there and share with other people, and we just were who we were. And you, David, you would not believe how many advisors immediately on breaks and so on came up to us the whole two or three days that we were there just saying, Hey, the thing that I really appreciated was such and such. And 
you know, I'm in my own place and, you know, I'm always a little bit nervous to put it out there, if you will, and what people are going to think and that kind of thing. And you've been such a great example of how you can live uh, this out and it just be so natural. It's been a pleasure to talk about this all with you, Pete. And that last example is a great one of thank you you not just mark being a marketplace multiplier but also an equipper of other people mm-hmm. to also multiply their faith and disciples in their workplace and so thanks for doing this man i appreciate you taking the time we're joined now by pastor darren whitehead of church of the city in tennessee who is pete's pastor and Pastor Darren, we just heard Pete talk about his role in the marketplace, but he's been really involved with your church from the very start. Yeah, you know, um, our church, uh, we planted just over seven years ago, and uh, we now have seven locations. We have five in Tennessee and two in New York City, and, um, and, and God has really blessed it, but the people you really cherish are the people that believed in it before it was anything, <laughs> Uh, when it was just a, a collection of ideas and it was, uh, um, you know, some words on a napkin. Well, Pete was one of the guys that just breathed fire into my bones when we were just talking about starting this church. And, um, it, you know, you look back at the story and uh, certainly we need people to financially give to support, you know, the, the work of the church ministry. Um, but the first check that we ever received the first gift that we ever received was from Pete Benson. And I, I always say, you know, like you can only have one first giver and it's Pete. He, he holds that uh, card in his wallet. <laughs> he, he holds that title. And um, I, I, I'm so grateful for the people that believed in this before it was even a thing. And Pete has been with us every step of the way. And I, just as a pastor, to have uh, Pete's older than me, uh, to have an older guy that is just breathing words of encouragement and spurring us on, uh, he is he is so so precious to me. Strikes me as as we heard Pete talk about influence in the marketplace, he also has huge influence in the church, and it's not an either or proposition. He's doing both. Yes, 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 and uh, he he is very very active. Uh, Pete and his wife Jenny are very active in our church. His family is. Um, but his business, my goodness, I remember when he started this business, I, uh, his partner is also a dear friend of mine, and um, they just made a decision that they were going to honor the Lord with this business. And uh, he does, among uh, uh, many things, he does um, financial management, financial planning, financial coaching for people. And God is so prosper what they're doing. Um, they are on, they broadcast on TV and uh, on the internet around the world, teaching biblical principles to a secular audience. And um, it's so obvious that Pete lives these principles. It's so obvious that he's a man of dear conviction and faith. And he just unashamedly talks about that. And uh, thousands of people. Uh, are under his teaching when it comes to understanding what the Bible says about money. I love the way your church articulates it, the, the way of Jesus for the renewal of the city. And I know that because one of my best friends, Omar Mance, is a, is a college basketball coach in the area, and he makes a huge influence for Christ 
in your city, but also across college basketball. So I wonder, what is it about your church's culture that has allowed leaders to emerge? They might support financially, like you said about Pete and the church, but but it's more than that. They're they're making an influence in the church. They're making a different influence in the marketplace. How have you created that culture? Well, one of the things that we talk about a lot is when we talk about vision, a lot of people in a lot of churches, and there's nothing wrong with this, but there's a lot of people talk about what is the vision of the church and how can we help make the vision of the church happen? And we kind of reverse that. And we say, what is the vision that God is giving you and how can the church help you? So instead of how can you help the church achieve the vision that we think God has given the church, we're saying, how can the church help you do the vision that God is is giving you? That creates a far more viral movement than a central movement. It's far more decentralized than than centralized. We want everyone to see themselves having a, a ministry, have a calling from the Lord. And then we want to deploy them on mission. So we see our Sunday gatherings and our small groups and such as a, as a rally to help people understand and to interpret the way that the Lord is leading them. And then we're honestly saying, how can we help you do that by deploying you on mission in the respective areas, marketplace, universities, whatever it may be. And uh, that seems to have resonated with a lot of people. Uh, final question, Pastor Darren. Pete talks in this interview about stepping out of full-time ministry, almost at the time thinking he was taking a step down in the kingdom. Uh, But now you see on the other end where his impact might have actually gone up because he went into the marketplace. So what do you see as potential for those as, as they go out on mission, as you're saying, as they establish the kingdom of God in new places? What's the potential for the kingdom when people take that posture? Well, you know, I grew up in a tradition that, that defined ministry as kind of like um, pastoral ministry or missionaries. And, and so then the vision was as big when it comes to Christian business people, uh, people who are working in the marketplace, the vision was as developed as earn money and give it to the church so that they can do the ministry. And um, what we have seen and what we have sort of challenged in terms of that assumption is that we are all in full-time ministry. And that God is deploying all of us. So uh, by all means, we need kingdom resources to be able to do ministry work in a, in a church context or a mission missionary context. But every single one of our people, whether it be a school teacher or a musician or someone working in finance or a coach or whatever it may be, everyone is deployed on mission. And this is a much more... Um, uh, exponential approach to the role that the church should be playing. It's not a gathering. It's not a, just a, a central thing. It is it is filling people with vision, discipling them, and then deploying them into the very areas that God has placed them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Marketplace Multipliers podcast. For more information, go to www.marketplacemultipliers.com. Please like and subscribe to this podcast and share with others who may benefit. And remember, you too can integrate your faith and influence your workplace for Christ.